Hi friends, and welcome to the Be Nourished podcast, where we talk about the nourishing things in life, relationships, food, jobs, dreams, and everything in between. Today we have Jenny on the podcast. Jenny and I became good friends when I moved back to Nashville after grad school. And Jenny really walked with me through a very difficult season of being long distance with my now husband. And she and I um, sat on each other's couches more times than I can even count talking about life and how to deal with things and how to navigate all this hard stuff we were going through. I was friends with her um, during the season that she mentions towards the end of this podcast um, where she was waiting for her now job. And I just got to watch her be so full of grace. Um, she really is so, so sweet and very gentle and humble and kind and gracious. And she is a very dear friend of mine and I love talking to her today. She shares a lot about her experience of moving from the north to the south to pursue a music business career, um, initially wanting to be a singer, but then realizing as she got down here that um, maybe that wasn't going to happen for her. And so she talks about her experience of a dream dying and trying to figure out what to do next. So this is a good one today. You guys are really going to love this. Um, I, I think it's going to bless some people and, and really show you that just because a dream doesn't pan out the way you thought it would doesn't mean it has to be over. So, without further ado, here is Jenny. Okay, Miss Jenny. Well, welcome to the podcast. So glad you're here. So glad, glad to, to be here. So glad to talk with you today. It's so fun I know. just to be able to talk to my friends, but then like record it for the world. <laughs> it's really fun. I know. What a fun job. I know. <laughs> so I've already um, told everybody a little bit about you, but I want to hear your version of who you are. about this anytime there's a question about like tell us about yourself <laughs> I always struggle with that and I'm like I know I know myself but how do you share in a short amount of time uh-huh. um I know it's hard I know. um and you know it's one of those things where my go-to is like this is what I do for my job which there's nothing wrong with that but I'm like so much more than my job yes um that's why I find it so interesting. I leave this open-ended because I find it intriguing how people will describe themselves. Yes. And I'm you know what? I to listen to everything else and yeah. people answer this question. Are, didn't you say you're a two on the Enneagram? No, you're a nine. Nine, yeah. Okay. I'm just curious because I interviewed, I have interviewed at this point a nine and a two. And the nine, she was able to describe herself, but I think it's because she had like pre-decided what she would say. But my two, my friend who's a two, said the exact same thing you just said. <laughs> that it's it's very difficult to know how to describe herself because she's used yeah. to like helping other people. And I see that in you too. So maybe that's, maybe that's why. Yeah, I thought about, like I did think through some things, but I was like, we'll just see what happens when we actually talk. <laughs> um, but I guess in a nutshell... And I might throw in some random facts that I feel like are important to who I am. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but I grew up in Massachusetts, um, spent most of my life there, and then moved to Nashville when I was 18 to go to Belmont University, and never left. Mm -hmm. Just kidding. I did kind of leave Belmont first, <laughs> but I haven't left Nashville. Um, so I've been in Nashville for the last eight years, um, and, well, I guess we'll get into this later, but came here because I wanted to work in music, and that was always my life dream, um, and I did that, and then, yeah, still in Nashville, I love it here, if I move, it'll be because the Lord is telling me to go somewhere else, because I don't really have any desire to go anywhere else right mm -hmm. now, um, but, let's see, I'm a huge New England Patriots fan, which gets me a lot of black here in the South, <laughs> Patriots, so funny. I was sheltered and did not know that. Right. Um, so that's important to me. Uh, I became a Christian seven years ago. Um, growing up in the Northeast, that wasn't really a thing that was part of my life, a part of my life, and that is now the most important thing in my life. So I feel like that's an important thing. I love everything that Brene Brown writes. Mm -hmm. looking at all of her books on my bookshelf right now and I'm like that's important because I can be a crazy Renee Brown supporter and tell everyone I know <laughs> to read her books yes so that's important same with Harry Potter oh, so all, yes. all ends of the spectrum here <laughs> yes um 
And then recently, yeah, I've gotten really into the Enneagram and find it to be just a very useful tool for personal and spiritual growth. So if anyone listening hasn't dug in or read any books on it, go do it. It's great. Go do it, yes. So tell me... probably way more about me, but... No, those are good. I... I love that you threw in that you like to read Brene Brown. That just makes my heart happy that that was one of the things you decided to to describe you. I think that's so funny. I love that. I see. Well, her books are on my shelf, and I was like, that's the thing that I feel very passionately about, but if other people want to read her books and look her up, they should, because yeah. she's changed my life. <laughs> yes, I would agree with that. So tell us how, because I'm so curious, being born and raised in Nashville, I don't, I don't know how other people came to know that Nashville was like music city USA or whatever they call it. So how did you like, how did you get introduced to music business or know that you wanted to go into the music business being from the North? I mean, what, what was your first experience with that that you remember? Um, well, it really started, I was like the lone duck in Massachusetts that loved country music. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in my town and like the great like my grade growing up I was like the only kid that listened to country music because in the north that's not like part of our culture it wasn't very popular in the 90s and early 2000s there so it really started like my mom started taking me to country concerts when I was four or five I saw Shania Twain in the fourth row when I was like five years old and it was life-changing um so for me really started as I wanted to grow up and be Shania Twain, and I wanted to be a country singer. And so that was really, like, I always sang growing up, and that was kind of that, like, little kid dream that just sort of grew as I got older. And I, probably in, like, late middle school, I think, um, I was reading a magazine. (laughs) It was probably People magazine. I don't know. But there was a comment or some quote from one of the guys from Rascal Flatts uh-huh. that was like, if you want to be in country music, like, if you want to pursue this, Nashville is the place to be. And I oh. never, like, I literally didn't know anything about Nashville, didn't know anything about Tennessee. Like, you know, I probably knew the 50 states by middle school, but what has sure. no concept of what that meant culturally or what was going on where. So, um that was probably planted in me in seventh or eighth grade. And I was like, Nashville, that's the place I have to go. Mm. And so I am stubborn. It's not one of my great qualities, but (laughs) I am pretty stubborn at times. And so when I was probably in eighth or ninth grade, I was like, I'm just going to move to Nashville and like try and be a country star because that's what people do. And I can do it. It's fine. Which LOL, like never would have ever survived (laughs) if that was my real plan. Some people do it and they make it work, but I just, it was not going to be my story. Which is kind of surprising to me because knowing you, like, I did not know that your initial dream was to be a singer. That's surprising uh to me. Yeah. I, it surprises me now too. (laughs) It does not match really my, I don't know. It's just not, not really my personality. And it wasn't my personality then. I don't like being the center of attention. I don't Mm -hmm. like having the spotlight on me. Like, a little bit of my nightmare Mm. and so but I loved I just loved singing and so I think just the like I love to do that and so I didn't care if there was attention or whatever but that eventually turned into my parents being like you need to go to college like you can move to Nashville but you've got to find a college that you can go to if you're going to move there Mm -hmm. and so I fought that for a bit because I'm with 14 or 15 and I was stubborn Um, but eventually found Belmont which was in the heart of Nashville and had, it had music programs and it had music business programs. So there were options. And so, um, I found Belmont, I think when I was a freshman in high school and I was like, that's the only college I'm applying to. That's where I'm going. Done deal. And wow. so I spent, yeah, spent all of high school just like working my tail off so that I wouldn't even like have to worry about getting in, in terms of like academically. And so sure. the only school I applied to Wow. Got in, I think, new in November of my senior year that I got in, and then I was like, cool, excited to leave. Wow. So, so Shania Twain was your, like, gateway drug to, I mean, she must have made quite an impression at that concert, because that was it for you. You were like, yeah, this well, is what I'm doing. think about it, too, I was, I think I was five, and I, that wasn't even my first concert. Like, my mom had been taking me to some other, like, country fest concerts that oh, okay. don't really... I don't think that's still a thing right. now, but it would be 
a concert with like four or five people on the lineup. I've been going forever. So I saw her in concert when I was five. And then a couple years later, saw Reba in concert. Oh, bless. And she blew my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, that's what I want to do when I grow up. And I just believed that I could do it. I love that. And so you got <laughs> into Belmont. Yeah, you got into Belmont, yeah. and then you you made the big big old move to Nashville, which is how many hours is Nashville from Massachusetts? Um, so it's a little over a thousand miles. So probably driving like maybe twenty. I've never actually done the drive because I because can't why? That yeah, too many hours in a car. Um, but yeah, it's I mean it's a significant distance. This is the wow. farthest I've ever been away from home. Yeah. So what was your first, because I can only imagine, what was your first, like, wow, I am in the South? Because you had never, I mean, had you ever visited any place in the South before moving to Nashville? Um, so I have family in the Atlanta area. Okay. And we had flown down and visited them probably when I was, like, six or seven. So I was really young, and we were only really with family. So it was hard, like, you don't, when you're that little, you don't understand cultural impacts and, like, just what the difference is. I wasn't old enough to know that. But other than visiting Belmont for the first time, I'd only, Nashville was the only place in the South that I'd been. Wow. So what was your, like, okay, I am for sure in the South moment. Do you remember having one of those moments where you were like, okay, this is not, we're not in the North anymore? Yes. I always, whenever I meet, um people that are from the north or anything I always ask like how's the culture shock been and I usually tell people that live in the south and move to the north like be prepared for a culture shock because it's just it's totally different world (laughs) at least it feels like to me um so two things that stand out I remember walking back to my freshman dorm probably the first week of school that we were like moved in and everything and I was a significant distance away like not close enough to the door of the dorm for someone to wait and hold the door but someone stood and waited and held the door for me until I got there and I was like where am I like (laughs) where I grew up you're on your own like you get the door for yourself we're not helping you Mm. and so the fact that someone took an extra realistically 30 seconds it wasn't that much time to because they saw me coming and wanted to be nice and hold the door for me that blew my mind as an 18-year-old mm. from, from the North. I was like, what is going on? So yeah. that was a big thing. And then I think moving here and people just talking about church. And I had a lot of people the first couple weeks of school asking, like, have you found a church yet? Or, like, where are you going? And I was like, church? What? What are we talking about? Mm. Like, I had no – I grew up, you know, in, in the Northeast and primarily in the Catholic church kind of in and out so but even the idea that like you church hop and like figure out where you want to go was such a foreign concept to me mm-hmm. so that was something especially being at a Christian university and at the time not being a Christian I was like what is this place yeah. like, what's going on? so those are probably the two biggest culture shocks just people being friendly and having like holding the door for you or saying hey in a coffee shop and just being nice um, mm. Not that people in the north aren't nice. It just—it's just different. It just looks different. Um, the southern hospitality thing is real, yeah. and then just the way, like being in the Bible Belt and how that shows up. Sure. Did you find what did you find the most difficult? Because there had to have been some moments where you were like, because um, I remember. I mean, not only are you going to college, which has its own, you know own things with it but you also moved Mm -hmm. completely away from your home even though this was chasing your dream and this was the only school you wanted this was your career path what did you find the most difficult in moving to Nashville yeah I think um part of what made it a little bit easier at least was for when I got to Belmont it just it really did feel like home um which is really cool because I was never someone that was super adventurous or like, I didn't travel a lot, so to be able to move a thousand miles from home and find what felt like another home mm-hmm. in a college was a huge blessing for me, because I, sure. I don't know what I would have done if I didn't feel that way. But I think, specifically in Nashville, and chasing the dream I was chasing and following the path that I was on, I think the thing that was hard when I got to Belmont was realizing, like, 
everyone is talented musically. Mm-hmm. Like, and most people here are more talented than I am, which is not a bad thing, and that's not self-deprecating. That's just the truth. And so sure. I think getting and realizing that Belmont is also just a small reflection of the rest of the national music industry. Like, mm-hmm. we are just a tiny bubble of talent, and then you just see the rest of Nashville and you realize everyone has moved to the city for the same dream yeah. um, to do the same thing. And so, you know, growing up in my suburb in Massachusetts, it's like there are a handful of us that like were singing and really loved it and wanted to pursue it for our careers. You know, it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't super common. Like I was the odd one out a lot of the time. And so to come to a place where everyone is pursuing the same thing it does make you like reevaluate and think, do I actually want this? Is this really mm. the path I want to walk off, like walk down? And so that was really the, the hardest part is just realizing that it's not going to be like you just get a degree and then you can have a career in this. It's, it's yeah. a different sort of career path to walk. So, which is especially hard when it is your only dream. Like, that was what you wanted. Uh-huh. But I have heard that. Yeah. You know, it's like a Nashville joke that everybody here is a songwriter. Everybody here is uh-huh. a singer. And it, it really is true. I mean, and it's it's crazy being born and raised there. I didn't experience that much growing up. But when I got into being adult and I was trying to make friends as an adult and things like that, you know, it, it really is true. Everybody is pursuing well, not everybody, clearly, but a ton of people are pursuing mm-hmm. the music industry. And I think that's what a lot of them say is that they they don't realize how they really are just a small fish in the huge, huge, huge pond because everybody's doing the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. when you got to Belmont, would you, because you started wanting to be the singer, as you got there and started progressing and become like an upperclassman, what changed for you? Because I know that you're not a singer right now, Jenny. You're not a singer yet. Right. Your music yes. career could be ahead okay. of you, dear. <laughs> so what changed? I mean, what shifted for you? Um, well, so I initially, um, I wanted to be in the school of music, and I wanted to major in music, which, looking back on now, is hilarious because I'm not a musician. Like, I'm just not. I don't play any instruments. Singers are, can, are musicians, too. Like, I think they have to solid, like, good singers know theory and know that, too, and I know there's, like, a gripe between singers and instrumentalists where singers are like, we're musicians, too, and that's mm-hmm. totally true, but I was just, I just liked to sing, like, that's really all there was to it. I had to know, I had taken some music theory classes, but it was hard for me, and mm-hmm. so I don't, I just thought that, like, if I wanted to sing, I had to major in music, and so... I actually auditioned to be in the School of Music and didn't get in, um, which was right and also the biggest blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that I had chosen the major that I was in to study entertainment industry studies really as my backup because my sights were set. I'm like, if I want to do this, I have to be a music major, like very much tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. This is the only way to do it. Sure. So it started there and then... Once I kind of realized, like, okay, I'm not going to be in the school of music. Like, I'm going to be in the entertainment school. And that's where I'm going to – I can still get my degree. I can still – if I – I mean, I could still study this and pursue music if I wanted to. But honestly, once I – like, I just don't have the drive to be a singer. Mm. And that's really what it came down to. Like, by my – end of my freshman year, I just was like, I don't – I'm not practicing. I don't write songs. I'm not, I don't play any instruments. Like, right. I really just like to sing. Mm. So I think kind of realizing that and looking around me and seeing these people that were super talented, um, had, you know, great voices, great musicianship, were writing their own songs, and, like, seeing them and seeing the drive and the passion that they had for what they were doing and realizing, like, I don't have that. Like, mm. I just don't. Um, I think that sort of helped me transition more into, but I would love to help the people that do have that drive. And I would love to be able mm. to work with people that are really talented musically, even though that's not necessarily what I want to do anymore. Um, sure. And so by the time I was later on in college, I kind of just gotten to this point of like, I'm totally happy. Like, I'm okay knowing that that's not what I want. Mm. Um, and so I think there's, 
this is something, as we're, like, talking about dreams, I was thinking about this earlier and even seeing this now with the Belmont students I work with, but there is something, like, when your lifelong dream is to be in music or to be in the music industry and that's what your family knows and that's what your friends know, know, that moment of realizing, like, oh, this actually isn't what I want to do anymore Mm. feels, like, kind of suffocating. And it's, Mm. like, I think I felt a lot of, like, maybe shame or just feeling like I failed when I decided I don't want to be a singer anymore. Like, I spent my whole life and everyone who knew me knew that that was my dream. And I'm a year into college in Nashville and I'm like, this isn't what I want. And so... I don't know. I see a lot of students now that kind of face that when they realize, like, maybe this isn't what I want to do. Mm. And so I think there was part of that that I experienced in college but probably didn't know how to handle emotionally at the time. Sure. Um, So, but all that to say, I think realizing that I didn't have what it takes to be a singer or an artist then helped me transition into, but I'd love to help those who do and help me focus more on, like, the business Mm. Interesting. So, okay, so you decided, you you came to this realization sort of not by choice that, hey, maybe this is not what I want to do. How did you deal with that? I mean, like, because you said you had your backup, but, I mean, that's got to be, you said suffocating, and I was thinking devastating, like, in a lot of ways. Yeah, both. Yeah, like, how did you deal with that? You know, I don't remember. (laughs) That was a time in my life that I was back on, and I'm like, I had no, I probably just, like, numbed it out somehow. Sure. Like, I just, or I, like, buried it and didn't really just, like, carried on with the path that I decided I was on. I don't know um, that I knew how to handle the devastation of that. Like, Mm. I think I just, I remember, um, but I actually, you can audition twice for the School of Music, and then after two times, if you don't get in, that's kind of it. And so I auditioned to enter my fall semester, and then I didn't get in. And then I took voice lessons with someone in the School of Music, and it seemed very promising. Like, my instructor knew I wanted to re-audition and try again, and he was very encouraging and felt like it, like I'd be able to get in. So I auditioned a second time, mm. um, kind of under the notion that, like, okay, he's encouraging me, and he's a professor here, and works with students that are in this major so maybe that is a good sign and maybe I can get in I don't know how the process works I think they actually accept less students for the spring semester anyway Mm. um and still kind of feel like I that was not the path that I should have been on and I'm not as talented as the people that are in that school but so I re-auditioned hopes way more hopeful than I was the first time because of my experience with these voice lessons and I didn't get in that time mm-hmm. and I remember sitting in my freshman dorm and getting the email that was like you're not in it and I remember like the feeling of devastation there where it was like okay like this that dream of being in that major in that school is done like I don't have any other mm-hmm. options I have to be in the college I'm in um but even just to me that felt like like, I didn't know, I just felt like I had to, pers- like, be a music major to pursue any sort of career in music. So mm-hmm. some of that was just me not having the knowledge of all the options for me. Like, there are tons of music business majors that are pursuing an artist career mm-hmm. while doing music business, but I just didn't have that understanding. And so that especially felt really upsetting. Sure. Um, And I think I called my mom and I was like, well, I guess I'm just not doing that. And I'm just going to study what I'm studying and keep going. And so I don't, aside from like that moment and remembering that I expressed the like sadness in that moment, I don't know what I did with it after. I honestly think I just didn't cope healthily and buried it until eventually I just maybe was at a place of acceptance and just was like, okay. Mm. that's fine like this is the path I'm on now um wow so in hindsight I'm like I wish I had known how to talk about that and deal with that in a way that was healthy and that I allowed myself to like grieve the fact that this lifelong dream is no more and that was also a time that was before I 
became a Christian, and so I think part of that, too, I think coming to know Jesus was a healing process, too, and I think just all of that together over time sure. became healing, but wow. yeah, if something like that happened now, I would definitely allow myself to grieve and feel that and process it, but mm-hmm. I just don't think I had the knowledge to know how to do that yeah. when I was 19. Yeah. So is was there a point where because you're like okay here we are I I want to stay at this school I need to do this thing, so was there a point where you shifted and actually started to enjoy what you were in like your college or or did you mm-hmm. was it always just kind of like okay well this is my second best? No, I feel like I got to a point where I was able to like fully immerse myself in the college I was in and I loved it and I look back now and I'm. Like, so thankful that I didn't end up going the path I wanted to because I think the path I ended up on was exactly what I needed and a huge blessing um and it to me it was definitely something where um the reality is if I had studied music I would have struggled a lot like it just mm-hmm. that does not come naturally to me it is really hard like sure. being a musician is difficult um and it just it, I think I really would have struggled and not done well, and I think I probably would have changed the major sure. anyway, because I probably wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, so I'm really glad that I ended up on the path that I was on, and I had flexibility in my degree where I could take classes of other things that interested me. Um, and I, yeah, I got really involved in my college and um, like produced a concert on campus my senior year, and so I really. Um, got really involved and had great experiences. So it did turn into, like, this is exactly the path that I'm supposed to be on. And I'm really, even though getting rejected from the college that I thought I wanted to be in and the major I thought I wanted to do was hard, um, I really, I think, found passion in what I was doing mm. on campus. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. So from there, I mean, I know I know what you ended up doing after you graduated, but tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about how you got from that point of producing and doing stuff on campus to working for a major music label. I mean, how did you get there? Yeah, so I, uh, actually the concert I had produced on campus my senior year, kind of like a series of showcases that Belmont does, and I had produced something called a Christian Showcase. So it was for contemporary Christian music artists that played. Um, and so we bring in t- industry professionals to kind of judge the four acts of the issues of winner, and we go on to play Best of the Best, which is like the end of the year showcase with the winners from all the previous showcases. And so some of the industry judges I had had. Um, one of them worked at the label that I ended up working for and he was super kind and generous and after the fact had reached out to me and um, just offered to get coffee sometime and to see if he could help me in any way because I guess he just enjoyed the showcase process and felt like I handled it professionally and so he reached out to me and I was like this is amazing Mm -hmm. I want a job when I graduate like I really don't want to have to look at Starbucks sure um that that was kind of my thought process wanting to go into the music industry I was nannying after school and I was like well if I don't get a full time job maybe I'll just nanny and work at Starbucks and like keep networking until I can get a full time job and so this was September of my senior year and someone was offering to help and to teach me essentially so I was like that's a gift from God and I am going to accept it so we ended up getting coffee and he was telling me about their internship program and um I don't even actually think I applied for the internship I think he just gave my resume to their HR person and was able to intern there my spring semester um and then in a series of events that honestly was I think God's provision for a job um there was an administrative assistant or an administrator who had quit in February of my spring semester and I was interning there. And so the company offered or asked me 
to kind of step in during my internship hours to assist the A&R department at this company. And I was like, are you kidding? Of course I'll do this. <laughs> uh, like, this duh. is amazing. And this also means that there's an open seat, which usually in the music industry, the only way you get in is if someone leaves. There mm. are a lot of companies that are creating new jobs. Um, so it really is like you've got to wait for someone to leave a seat for you to get a job. Mm. So I, and I really felt early on in my time there that that's where I was going to end up. I just was like, I love this place. I love the people. I really think, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I somehow think that I'm going to end up here. Um, and so that happened. I filled in part time or during my internship hours in that assistant position. And then they ended up hiring someone internally in that job. And then I interviewed for the other open job. And so I had a job offer by the end of March of my senior year. Um, which is amazing. Right. Like that, it literally, and I was very aware in the moment that like, this is the, this is the dream. Like, especially for the college that I was in, there are so many students pursuing the same thing. And I am lucky enough right now to be a month from graduation and know that I have a full-time job waiting for me on the other side. Mm. And in other industries, like that's pretty, I feel like that's pretty normal. Like if you're going to just work in finance or business or maybe nursing, like I think there's just more opportunity there, but in the college, like in the music industry and the college that I was in, like, that's not the norm to have a job lined up mm-hmm. um, before you graduate. So yeah. that was a huge blessing, and it was a super easy transition, and it, it really did feel like God's provision that, like, you know, I graduated and my friends moved, um, and there was a lot of, like, life change during that time, but it was really sweet to have this job at a place that I'd already spent three or four months prior as an intern getting to know the people and the culture and the company and I just could easily transition into a full-time job um and they kind of were like my friends and family for six to eight months after I graduated when all my friends had left so yeah it was just a really I still look back on that time and I'm like that's absolutely where I needed to be and that was God's hand on my life providing did you have a moment where you were like pulling up to this record label and saying, this is my life. Like, wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I like, especially, it was funny. I remember when the HR person offered me the job, I was like, I was ecstatic. And she was like, my goal was really to make you cry. And I'm like, Oh, I'll have my moment. Don't worry. (laughs) Like, I have tears. Cause you know, they know I'm a college student and they're offering me a job. Like that's a huge, that's a huge deal. Um, but yeah, I definitely think, probably the first six months of working there, I'd have a lot of, like, pinch me moments. Like, is this really what I'm doing with my life? Like, it it wasn't necessarily the dream that I had coming into Nashville. Like, I wanted to work in country music and ended up working in Christian music, but still, to be at the company I was at, and it was a major Christian record label, um, doing what I was able to do and working with the people that I worked with, this is crazy, but mm-hmm. this is my life. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, that's so, that is really cool. But it wasn't too long after that, maybe a year or two that you start, or maybe a couple more than that, but it wasn't too long where you started to feel maybe a little unsettled or how would you describe uh-huh. it? Yeah, no, I think that's accurate. I think I, um, I'm trying to think of the timeline on it. It was probably, I don't remember when I started. So probably early 2015. I'd been there about a year, if you include my internship, really maybe like six to eight months working full time. And I don't know, I just started to feel that like unsettled feeling. And some of it was, I felt like in the job that I was in, I really had gotten like comfortable and knew how to do my tasks and um you know it's an entry-level job and the goal of entry level is at some point you grow out of that and you move up and so I felt like I'd reached that point pretty quickly and was just kind of wondering what was next and so by by summer of 2015 it's like a year and a half in I just 
I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. Mm. Um, just those questions that I'm sure everyone has at a job when, um, maybe when your dreams start to change or when you start to feel like you've outgrown a position and you want more responsibility or you want to try something new. And so around, yeah, probably late summer, early fall of 2015, just started like praying about it and think like I did do some job searching, but I also didn't feel at that time like it was my time to leave Mm. the label yet. I felt like, and I don't know why, like I don't, for whatever reason, there's just this gut instinct that I'm like, I was looking at other jobs and other companies and like not even outside of the music industry, like looking at nonprofit work and just, I really loved the idea of using the platform that the entertainment industry has Mm -hmm. and leveraging it to help people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd interned for two nonprofit companies in college that sort of did that. Like they were based, they had ties to the entertainment industry, but one raised money for cancer research and the other one raised money to like build schools and wells in Africa. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was so cool to have an artist or celebrity tie in um, to help raise money for these great causes. So that was always something that was of interest to me and started looking for positions like that in the fall of 2015, but just eventually stopped because I was like, I just don't think this is my time yet. And so actually as it played out, I had a conversation um, with my now boyfriend, Brooks, who was just a friend at the time and was kind of sharing some of it was, I don't know if it was frustration as much as it was like, I feel like I could be doing something that utilizes other talents and gifts that I have. Mm-hmm. And in that conversation, he had just asked, like, if you could do anything or any job, what would that be? And strangely enough, um, I had answered nonprofit, I think, at the time. But later that night, um, like before I'd gone to bed, the job that I'm in now randomly popped into my head. Mm. Like no reasoning, I, I, but I literally was like, this job at Belmont would be my dream job because it incorporates the industry and serving students and like just felt this moment of that's what I would want to do right now if I had the choice. Mm. And so I'd actually gone and looked on their hiring site to see like, what are the odds this job could potentially be open? And it wasn't. So I was like, all right, maybe that wasn't anything important, like, I'll just put that away for now, and I don't feel like it's my time to leave the label, so I'll just, I guess, keep praying about it and just wait and see and pray that I'll be open, you know, if the door opens and that I'll be ready to take an opportunity. So shortly after that, there was some restructuring and a new marketing position opened up at the company, and so I had applied for that and started that job in January of 2016. Um, so I was in, I'm just telling the story, is that fine? Yeah, I no, I love it. I love it. This is perfect. Okay, okay. So I had um, started that marketing position in January of 2016. And in April, <clears throat> I was at church and um, one of my now co workers at Belmont, but someone that I knew well from the showcase series at Belmont, also goes to the church I go to. And so I saw him one day in April and was just asking how things were going at Belmont, and I knew they had their Best of the Best showcase, so I was asking about that, and he mentioned that the student enrichment coordinator, which was the job that I felt like was put on my heart to prove, like, the fall prior, um, that that job was going to become open because the woman who was in it was moving on to write a book, and I literally, like... I was stopped in my tracks by that comment because I just, I didn't think she would leave because she was so great at her job and I knew that she loved her job. And so I literally never thought in a million years that that job would become available and become a reality that I could like something I could apply for an interview for. And so I literally was like, I don't know what to do in this moment because I just took this new marketing job at the label Mm. and I feel like I would be a terrible employee if four months later I applied for another job, that's also given the fact that I would get the job. But I was so conflicted, but it was one of those things where 
the next day after talking to him, I was like, just all day, like, I have to apply for this job. Like, this is the job that I want. I have mm-hmm. to apply for it. And so you and I were friends around this time. And I don't yeah. remember, I, you were one of the first people I told that I had applied. Um, and so I ended up doing it. And again, was one of those things where, you know, I think this is, I think it's whether it's the Holy Spirit or it's God or whatever. I just, I applied for the job and I was like, I'm going to end up back at Belmont. And it wasn't like an arrogant, like I deserve this job. It was just this sense of like peace and knowing as crazy as that sounds that Mm -hmm. like, this, like I'm going to end up in this job. Like I really feel like this is my next step. And I know that there are people who are applying that probably have master's degrees and more higher ed experience and are probably more qualified. But I just feel in my heart that this is where I'm going to end up. And so I applied and as you can probably recall, it took forever yeah. Um, which was just a series of circumstances within the college and um, higher ed, hiring in general, I think just takes a long time because mm-hmm. jobs have to get reapproved and there's a whole process. But I applied in April and didn't get the job offer until the end of August. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which I really think, I mean, I think time. that is going to be a whole other podcast episode, Jenny, because really the thing, the thing that I love so much about your story is the whole the entire arch of your of your story is that you had this dream this goal you wanted to be in the music industry you thought you were going to be a singer that didn't work out so then you decided to kind of do the more quote behind the scenes which was not really behind mm-hmm. the scenes but maybe more so than being a singer and you get this dream job right out of college but then you just start feeling like there could be something more that I could do. And you end up now in a job where your entire job is to help other people who maybe were like that 19-year-old Jenny that were like, um, I don't know what I'm doing or I thought I was going to do this and now I'm not and I'm not sure what to do. And I didn't realize how many people here in this town want to do the, the thing that I'm doing. And I just love that you have listened to the nudges that you have felt to do this thing, even if, and and really, I do think that um, the whole experience of you waiting for your current job could be (laughs) just a whole other episode, because just the journey that you went on to, and I was your friend during that time, so I did get to witness it firsthand, of like, waiting, and being diligent, and trusting, and not being sure if it was going to happen, but just knowing in your spirit that it would, but also not seeing how, I think that's so important for people to know. And you and now you're in this awesome position who which is still a part of the music industry, but it's very different, would you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I just I like that your story so encompasses the desire to help other people along the way. And and you have faced a lot of fears and a lot of personal things within that journey as well. And I, I just am very proud of you because it's been really fun to watch. I wasn't there for the first half of your experience with the music industry and being at Belmont but it's been fun to watch you this last half as you navigate like okay my life has not taken the path I thought but it's good and it's where I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. thank you <laughs> yes it's been so fun yeah. I've loved being your friend you've yeah. taught me so much yeah well and especially like even looking back when I was at the label and feeling like there was something more I think there was also this understanding that like there are so many people that are trying to get their foot in the door that are genuinely like so passionate about the music and it would be perfect for this job. And I'm just taking up a seat. And Mm. so knowing that like I have other, I think gifts and talents that I'm not getting to utilize here, but that I could potentially utilize somewhere else to help people. Mm -hmm. Whereas someone might have amazing like marketing skills or just be so passionate about Christian music that could be in this seat and do way more here than I'm able to do. Like, why am I going to sit here? And so I think it was an understanding too, that like I'm getting to move on, but someone gets to take my seat and their dream then gets to come true because they get to work at a label. Mm. And so it was this cool sort of like, I know that by me getting up and finding my next dream job, that someone gets to get their dream job too. And so it feels like a, like a win-win in a lot of ways. 
Which makes you a very special person. Because I don't know that... I think a lot of people take... Um, like, when they come and they have to try to be a part of the music industry, I think the in-general message is, like, you got to hustle and you have to fight for this and you have to know people and you have to network and you just have to, like, do whatever it takes. And so for you to mm-hmm. say you know what, I'm in this awesome position at this awesome label, but I'm going to step down because I want someone else to have my spot. I think that's very unique, and I don't know that you find that a lot. Maybe not in general, but I think specifically in the music industry because it is so tough to get in. You know, you don't find a lot of people willingly saying, let me just give up this spot that I have. So yeah. kudos and to I, you. I, thank you. I would agree. I think that is a hard thing, and I think if I had had any sort of maybe feeling that, like, maybe this is still what I want to do, or maybe I can, you know, work my way up to the system or get other responsibilities, I probably would have, like, I think that's what sometimes keeps people in those seats is that they're, like, I still am really passionate about music, and maybe I just need to, like, kind of keep my head down and grind it out for a couple more years, Mm -hmm. and then, then I can move on to something else. But I think for me it was the knowledge that, like, I... I don't know that this is what I want to do, mm. and so I'm taking up a spot, but also feeling strongly like I know that I I can be used elsewhere and maybe in ways that are more beneficial than what I'm to like other people than what I'm doing right now. And so it is a it is a hard thing. And I mean, I know you were part of that process, and we probably talked about this at some point. But like, even just the way that I found my identity identity to be so wrapped up in what my job and my career was and that Mm. even though my dream of what I wanted to do in the music industry changed I still was the girl that worked in the music industry and like that's how I identified myself and like I spent my whole life dreaming of this career in music and I was able to by the grace of God do it and so it's just I don't know there's so much like hardship that comes with leaving and I've talked to a lot of people that have either left the industry or moved like the path in the industry that they've taken and a lot of people I think that's probably universal across all industries and just the way that's probably a whole other podcast the way we where we place our identity and what we find our worth and value in for sure but that was a huge thing for me too just learning how to kind of let that go and move on to something different but yeah. All right, Jenny, so what is nourishing you now? That's a great question. And when you told me that was going to be a question, I thought to myself, this is a great question because it's a reminder that we need to be doing things yeah. to nourish ourselves. Um, it's so easy to just not, and just self-care and all of that is really easy to, to not do. But I think right now, on a surface level, this is like very simply nourishing me. Mm-hmm. But Brooks and I are watching the Harry Potter movies. Ugh. He's never seen the whole series. Are you kidding and me? How has he no, never seen it, the whole series? Well, it's we're working on it. I'm trying to convince <laughs> him to read the book. We've got to. I'm trying to make a compromise and a deal happen so that I see. Don't read them all. Totally. But Harry Potter was a huge part of my childhood. Oh uh, yeah. Started reading the book as a young kid and I still love them and so there was an on Prime Day for Amazon Prime mm. there was a deal and so he got me the movies and said he watched them with me and I was like this is a dream come true yeah so I regret that like, I did not so, also buy the movies I have a lot of regret yeah, about that they were like $30 for Blu-ray oh, it hurts it was a great deal um so that's just been really fun getting to like share that part of which is a significant part of my childhood. Yeah. Um, but to be able to share that with him. So that's been a lot of fun. Um, I also, I feel like a lot of the things that I've thought about right now are pretty simple, but like even just taking time when I can throughout the week to like sit down and read a book or um, just do something that I enjoy doing. Um, I'm, more introverted so I like having moments of peace and quiet with my essential oil diffuser running and mm-hmm. like a good book and a cup of tea like you're such a great, lamb <laughs> those are great moments for me um that are just good for my soul but I think that and then I'm also a 
quality time person. So anytime I get to invest in people that I love or spend time with people that I love, I always leave feeling more fulfilled. And I don't know, I think there's a spiritual and emotional component to that as well. Um, so yeah, those are the, <laughs> the things I love that it. I, I think are nourishing right now. That is perfect. Well, Jenny, I have so loved talking to you today. You're so fun. You're such a little lamb chop. I getting to chat. <laughs> and I can't wait for people to hear this. I think you have a lot of good things to say, and you're really going to bless a lot of people with the way that you've been diligent and obedient with the choices in your life and, and just kind of going with the ships. I know it's been hard, but you have done it with such grace, so good for you. Thank you. I hope it's encouraging or helpful for someone it's been a journey but I feel like I can look back and see God's hand in all of it and I think that in and of itself is a blessing to be able to have the hindsight and see how he was there the whole way yeah for sure well thank you so much Jenny and I will for sure be talking to you soon Ugh, it is just it is so sweet to listen to this episode and remember the times that Jenny and I could not see the next step in front of us neither of us we were both in seasons where we were having to wait on things and try to make um diligent and obedient steps but not being sure if we were doing the right things and now um i guess a year year and a half removed we can look back and say wow both of those things came true for us the things that we were waiting on and that's not always true that doesn't always happen and um she mentioned hindsight being a very sweet gift, and I would agree. I think that that is um, really what helps us keep moving. Because if we didn't, if we weren't able to look back and say, you know, that hard time meant something, I think life would be, you know, infinitely more difficult for everybody. So, I, I just, I'm so proud of Jenny. She's such a good friend. She's so sweet. Um, I think you could probably feel that by listening to her. But she um, will definitely be back because there's a lot more to share as far as her journey of just waiting. And what that was like and how she dealt with that because she mentioned it briefly, but she waited, I think, four months um, to hear if she was going to get this dream job of hers that she's currently in or not. Um, And that was so, so, so hard knowing and feeling in her heart that she was going to be working there, but not seeing it happen and how confusing that was. And anyway, she just, she has a lot of wisdom and I'm really proud of her. So check back in um, for later on and we will be having her back. Head over to the Be Nourished podcast to catch up on anything you might have missed, and I will see you guys next Tuesday.